The Koi Gig Pod. I wouldn't care if Megan Campbell didn't have hamstrings left. If yeah. she just stood on the sideline, she has to play. And subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. Zemo going on his own. He gets the try. The Red 78. We're both monster people. Every gets over the line. Try from outside. Nobody knows monster rugby better. Hello and welcome along. I'm Alan Quinlan and you're listening to episode 42 of the Red 78 here on the Rugby Channel. As always, Neve Briggs is here with me. How are you, Neve? How was your weekend? You? Good, good. We bounced back, so we got a win down in Cork in biblical condition. So, uh, good weekend, good weekend. Not a good weekend in the soccer front for us. Nottingham Forest no. and uh, Newcastle. Yeah, uh, yeah beat both of our teams so yeah sure look that's life and Munster lost of course as well uh, 27-13 we thought last week that uh, I think when the teams came out as well there was um, the expectation went pretty low um, and that's with respect the injury list that Munster had um, you know no Manny no Tyburn no Craig Casey um number of others help me here. Uh, yeah, look, obviously, know, yeah, we're looking at, uh, you know, that back three in terms of Calvin Nash being injured and he's obviously been in really good form. Um, no Fekitoa as well. Yeah, it was, uh, it was tough. It was tough. To be fair, when I looked at it, I was oh, like, oh my God, do you want to tell the people what you, you text me when the teams came out? <laughs> uh... What was that? I you, I, I don't know. I have no, I have no idea be, what you're talking you about. Sick. You'll have to do the pod on your own. I'm going to be sick on Tuesday. Yeah, um, I was. I was so nervous. Bad. I was yeah, nervous. I was but sick, look. to be fair. Um, but we'll obviously get into the game in a bit. But there was there was lots of positive reaction from fans on on social media, and the, the kind of the theme across a lot of them were hashtag green shoots and. I think people saw lots of positives. Yeah, because I put out a tweet yesterday and I, yeah. I, I didn't really know what way to, to put it. Um, I put you put it, it in your usual was, positive self, you know, another disappointing trip to Dublin at the weekend. I well, like, it, was, it was a disappointing trip to, to Dublin. Um, and Leinster have won another one of the Derby games. So, um, you know, you'd be, be crazy to think that you wouldn't be disappointed with that. But I think in being realistic and the expectation, and obviously when we saw the two teams on on uh, on Friday, and it wasn't really that you're kind of going, look at the Munster team is so weak. You're looking at Leinster's strengths, even though they had a number of injuries as well. Like Munster have something like 20 or 21 injuries um, going into that game. Leinster a fair few injuries as well. And think of the players like, Tyke Furlong didn't play, Josh van der Fleer, Gibson Park, James Lowe, Hugo Keenan. These are all starters for Ireland. Ronan Kelleher, um, a number of others as well. But their depth is the envy of, of most teams in Europe. So the reaction um, from the tweets was, I wasn't surprised by it, but I, no. I was kind of glad as well because um, you know we'll get into the game and analyse the positives and negatives in a minute and what they need to do this week. But um, I think most people um, were... Well, was it a case... And I'll ask you this before you read the tweets. Was it a case that because the expectation was so low and because we probably... Most people thought, oh God, had a fear that this could be... This could get ugly. Was the fact that Munster were competitive and fighting and um, played some decent rugby in a, a, at times, um, was that the case of... 
that'll do for us. We're happy with that. Are we setting the bar very low here? No, I think a couple of things there, right? I think that um, we we spoke the last few weeks about the lack of, perceived lack of effort at times in terms of the ability to get up the line, the ability to make tackles, the, the work rate. And we kind of said like, once we were a little bit at rock bottom at the start of the season and things that take no talent or no coaching structure patterns are things that we felt like they were lacking over the first few weeks. We're seeing that now in abundance. I think we've seen it for the last two weeks. And I think that's, that's a really good point. A, that's a prerequisite for any Munster team. That's their identity. That's, you know, we speak, there was loads of stuff. It was actually annoying me the last few weeks, but loads of stuff about this disconnect and this lack of identity and, I think they just need a confidence in themselves. I think that they'll have got confidence over the last few weeks in relation to the small things, the process of what they're trying to do is working. They've just got to continue to build on it. Coupled with the fact that the two teams were obviously at night and day in terms of where they are in their journey. So Leinster, for me, are kind of, not at their pinnacle, but they're not far off it because next year you think there'll be a lot of changes. The likes of Lancaster and Sexton going and Munster are at the opposite end of that. They're literally starting, I feel. This is like a new era for this group. They're starting on this journey. So to come out, to come away with the thought process of there was definitely these green shoots and we're seeing improvements. Let's be very realistic too on the flip of that. They, Leinster, had they been more accurate, scored 30 more points. And while Munster did really well, they still missed 25 tackles. But their scramble defence was excellent. And that's not something that we'd associated with over the first three or four games. So look, one part of the devil on my shoulder is saying that this was really positive and we've definitely seen loads of you know improvements. We have 100%. The other little part of my, the devil on my shoulder is saying that it was a lot of, to do with Leinster's inaccuracy, but then did we force them into that? I'm not sure. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll get into the, the stats and the numbers in a few minutes. Um, read out some of the tweets, so we'll get a general... Start start with the emails, if you have them there. Because yeah, we yeah, have... we got two good emails, to be fair. So, and I actually one, want... One is from John, is this... this yeah, uh... so John comes out with plenty of positives to take from the game, so apologies at the tone of my email, if, if my email is somewhat negative. There's a lot of talk about the hierarchy of the three out halves at the moment, but after Saturday, I feel the needs there needs to be more discussion around the scrum half. While Murray didn't do a whole lot wrong, I feel the speed of his distribution at the moment is just way too slow. For example, when Munster were threatening the Leinster line towards the end of the game, they won a crucial scrum. This was before Leinster pulled away. The Munster scrum started to creak and it was clear it was about to buckle. Yet Murray was calmness personified at the base of it. The ball was available. He just seemed to stand there assessing his options until Leinster won the t- turnover. Casey would have had it whipped out five seconds earlier. I really feel that the style across the provinces and the national side has changed to a more high-tempo game and that Murray is not really up to it. A fantastic servant, though he has been, I'd actually go so far as to say that for the sake of continuity of style, we'd nearly be better off with Patterson on the bench, more like more as a replacement for Casey. Thanks, John and Cork. Okay. There's another one there. Is there an... Um... Yeah, but I want... This is... I'll, we'll get to Tom's in a minute. I want you to... Uh, no, I'm, I'm avoiding this. No. Look, no, you can't I, avoid it. No. There, there, there's um, what John is saying there. There's... Uh, 
Yeah, I don't entirely agree with it. I think, no. um, but I do think Craig Casey still has some flaws in his game around his decision making. But his big strength is he's he's not the tallest guy. He's low to the ground. He's very close to the ball. His uh, his big strength is is speed of pass and moving yeah. the ball away. Conor Murray's much taller guy. He was, ne- he, you know, even that half a second bending down, getting your body right, all that kind of stuff. It, it, Craig Casey can do that quicker. Um, I, I still actually, think Conor Murray's a little bit rusty. And I, I actually played well the other game. day. Yeah, he did. He did. I thought, but, um, go back and have a look at his, his defensive work was in. Yeah, well, that's that second to none, isn't it? It always like, is, you know. Incredible, like, and I, when you I, go I, up I, against I, the likes of a Leinster into the Heineken Cup or Champions Cup or whatever it is, we're going to need him. And yeah, I actually thought his speed of pass wasn't that bad the other day, to be honest. Yeah, well, I think he he also makes a point there about the style of uh, play across yeah. all the provinces yeah. is much quicker, and it is. The game has changed right yeah. across the globe. I think with moving the ball away because and I've, this has been going on for a couple of years now where defences are rock solid and if you want to try and fracture defences and break them down, you've got to get the ball away quicker and, and stop them getting set. So, yeah, Conor Murray has to work on that more. Um, can he make it quicker? Yes. Is it is it in the mind? Is it in the body? Um, is it something that he can't do? Of course he can do it. He can do it quicker and I think you know that will come with playing playing more matches as well and getting yeah, sharper. But, um, it's almost know, he, a pity that both of them are heading off to internationals or into November now. But he's that, played that, he's played a style for a number of years where it was about kicking the ball back into the rock, slowing it down, yeah. getting set for a good kick chase, and even some of the kick chases when Munster had the box kick the other day. You could argue that maybe they need to slow one or two of those defensive ones down a little bit more because. We didn't have a proper kick chase. Yeah. Um, on some of the box kicks. The only thing is, like, I, it's a pity, and this is like a pure selfish reason. It's a pity the two of them are gone up to Ireland camp now for for November because you'd almost feel like if Connor wasn't involved in that group, he'd be playing week in week out for the next five or six weeks. Whereas, how much game time is he going to get up there? Gibson Park is clearly the number one. Irrelevant of whether it's Casey or Murray on the bench, you know, it's case. It's going to be a case of he's not going to get more than fifteen, twenty minutes any game. Yeah, well, yeah, that's just the way it is. He's in the squad. They've got to protect what they're doing as well. But it's not ideal. Yeah, I think he needs matches, and and Conor Murray is still a brilliant player. Um, but probably needs matches, needs to get going yeah. and, and, and get a flow and run for himself. He's still very important to both Ireland and Munster. Okay, Tom Lundergan emailed one as well. Do you want to read that yeah. one? And then so Tom, Tom's uh, email was very good. He um, spoke about where you know, lots of positives, bucket loads of positives, bucket loads of positives at the Eva, at the Eva, sorry. So he said, I have to start that I felt our weakened team certainly turned up against Leinster and every one of them gave their all which was great to see and as much as I had hoped for. The intensity, the, the aggression, the energy was great and we matched Leinster for physicality too, which is amazing, uh, all things considered. We just ran out of energy in the final 10 minutes or so, which can be ex- ex- expected. The intensity and the effort was unsustainable. Their star player, he said he would award it to all the Munster players. And the big one for me, we'll, we'll chat about this, is key moments in the Leinster game, bad decision by the officials. Yeah, you're going to have to, that, that's long, long, long. So you'll have to be snappy. Bullet points in this one. So he was can. talking about the penalty against Keenan Knox. 
you know the one that he goes off his feet and forearm into James Ryan. Yeah. He's wondering why that penalty wasn't reversed for James Ryan's punch. It should have been looked at more. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, he spoke about how Andy Race um, seemed to have a few dubious calls on Tom Ahern, which then made him retract the small bit. Uh, I, I'll disagree with that one. Um, and the one, the other one was he had John Klein yellow card, which we'll, we'll speak about. So there were his big three points in relation to those. Um and then he asked about this weekend. You know, we're not going to see Peter Manny or Burn back. The um, we need an update on the walking wounded. It would be a big ask for this group to raise their game again. Um, and then another news break to have John Ryan back. So his actually very well put um, his 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 email in relation to the the Jean Klein yellow cards. What are your thoughts on it? I think it was the right call. Um, I think it was clumsy. It was no intention there. And on another day, um, I just think Matt Turenal, um think back to the CJ Stander one in South Africa in yeah. 2006. I know CJ Stander was propelling forward more. Um, he got a red card for that on Pat Lambie, hitting with his hip into the, into the head. Um, I just think it was a bit clumsy from John Klein. And yeah. I, do, I do think, um, look, if it was only a penalty... Um, I think that you know it was between a penalty and a yellow and I think he went for a yellow because his elbow touched Jamie Osborne in the head and um, obviously Jamie Osborne didn't come back in the field so it was clumsy there was no intention in it so I think it was the right call Yeah, other people have different opinions on that but um, it was costly because Munster played uh, you know for 20 minutes with 14 men in the game against uh, the team that are going to be knocking on the door probably winning the competition possibly winning it right up there anyway so it was really difficult for them you have more tweets we better move on to them yeah sorry so Adrian Donahue tweets in regularly they defended really well for an hour and held out against the best team uh, in Europe ran out of steam second half lost a few players to injury causing them to lose shape however full marks for grit and fight Uh, the aggression was evident some good news with the performances of some of the younger players. Crowley was excellent. Some of our more seen, seasoned players still struggling with the requirements of the new game plan. Casey was missed. Jack Quinn, I thought there were positives from the match, even though we lost. I thought Jack Crowley and the other young players were immense. I am worried about the amount of injuries we have. Poor Joey can't catch break. Joe, uh, after Klein went off, we, ta- we lacked size in our pack and o- were overpowered. Top Murray delayed at the back of our five-meter scrum on the 69 minutes when we needed to get the ball in and out quickly. Crowley's clearly clear. Crowley's clear out epitomised the great attitude of these young lads. Um, and I don't know, Flynn, great to watch even though Munster lost. Clear signs of intent to play attacking ball. With injuries, etc., it must be difficult for coaches to bounce back by tweaking the squad. Overall, very positive. Some good hands, some efficient line-out ball and strong carries. Dave Parks, we looked more aggressive and starting to look more creative with every game. Disappointing to let, to lose to Leinster again, but they're green shoots. And what I loved most was the younger guys willing to put a shot in their opposite number. Much better than the last Leinster game. Uh, Anya Cahill, Ahern is becoming a fine player. Crowley played great. Clear out was immense and gave a huge boost. Felt energy was a lot better and they were more cohesive as a unit. Excited to see how much they improve. Mark Connolly, given the injuries, I thought we did well. Need to keep giving Crowley game time as he looks dangerous every time he's on the ball, going in the right direction, I feel. 
But front row depth chart is the real worry. I look at Leinster's bench. And we spoke about that really, didn't we, at the start. Um, grumpy old man 61. Is this your own Twitter handle? Um, <laughs> Leinster getting a bonus point try. Three minutes from the end was harsh. I was thinking we could have salvaged a losing bonus point up to then. The younger players stepped up and signs for the future are optimistic. Hard enough to beat Leinster without the yellow cards too. Barry Hogan, typical Munster when the chips are down and they were inexperienced team. Few leaders we actually, few leaders on the pitch we actually played an exciting game of promise. First game this season where it was fun to watch, but losing to Leinster is never good. Improving all the time. Just go one more. Uh, Wayne Pratt can't fault the effort. Massive defensive effort in the first half took a toll. Took our try well and could have managed the game better from the restart. Leinster's bench was daunting. Letting McGrath in for a soft try cost us a losing bonus point in this case at nine. They're all pretty much the same, to be fair. Do you know? Lots of positives. Green shoots, losing to Leinster is a good missing Casey. Crowley was the one that was talked about a lot. Is this just a reality? Um, like I kind of said with the first question uh, at the very start, um, that we realise where we're at. We're at, yeah. given the first couple of games and the results, Munster have lost four out of six games. They've won two. So it's been a dreadful start. That's yes. that's the reality. Um, some reminders of maybe Toulouse, that kind of the Toulouse game of the fight and the intensity and, and all that kind of stuff that you said at the start. But um, a lot of inaccuracies as well and a lot of opportunities. But I think you made a very good point, Neve, about the moments that Munster were losing in previous games, i.e. too slow into the breakdown, physical collisions, um, lineouts, lost lineouts. Um, they only lost one um, the other day, much better. Um, scrum pressure in Galway, you know, that first scrum you think of that, being held up in some malls. So there was a lot a lot better those moments they were winning the moments and they reduced probably the number of, of kind of turnovers in the game uh, they had 10 handing errors in the match but by and large it was a lot better did that was it just fear that drove that or is this you know did so many players out I I don't think it's fear I think it's I think is it, it's is it the training fact- are they getting a bit fitter are they getting a bit yeah, more cohesive they're starting they're to understand to more Completely. I just think that it it's very easy to buy into something in terms of the process of how you want to play when you're winning games. The most difficult job as a coaching group is getting players to remain bought in as such to what you're trying to do when things aren't going your way. I think Graham Rountree and the lads have done a really good job here in terms of getting them to continue to buy in when things weren't going their way with small improvements um, last few weeks, which is a very difficult thing to do from a coaching point of view. So they're starting to see that. And if you meet any of them last couple of days, you know, you'd say, oh, hard look, the first thing that they're saying is, but we're improving. And that's the big thing. And now it's literally like all of them now, it's focusing on this Saturday, Ulster game, how big Ulster is for them. And it's almost like, we know we're getting there. We know we're not there yet, but we're improving all the time and it's next job up. And I just think that that's a really big thing for, for this group. And it is a combination of 
having no fear with younger players. They don't have that trauma of playing against Leinster in Dublin. I, I, I don't know. That's something that we'll have to ask them. But I just think, I just think there was loads of moments within that game where completely reality in your mind says, look, we're not where Leinster are, but we're we're improving. And it's almost like a group and transition. That's what I was kind of saying. Like, I, it's not like an, a, an excuse. I just feel like this is this is a new era for Munster rugby, and it's going to take twenty. It's going to take two, three, four years for them yeah, to. Yeah, it fr- it frustrates me to to kind of even think about that because I think of the last number of years and what was going on in Munster and the way they were training, uh, the accountability, um, the coaching. Um, because even though the positive, positive signs of some of the young players coming through, they've been there for a couple of years, some of them, but they haven't been given opportunities uh, enough. I think Munster were kicking the ball far too much. They were too direct in the way they were playing. Um, so it frustrates me when I think back of the last number of years um, that you're talking about a reality here that it's going to take two or three years Um most monster people are, are kind of sick of this. Oh, it's going to take a few years, and we're rebuilding, and we're closing the gap in Leinster. We're not. We're at the moment. The gap is getting bigger. Um, Ulster are closer to Leinster than we are, and you know Connacht beat us a couple of weeks ago. So we have kind of got to turn that one around when Connacht comes to Tolman Park and is at the end of November, and and win there. But of course, this is the reality, and. I think the positive signs that all the fans are saying and that I believe as well is there's some really good young players. And I like the fact that um, we're trying to change the way we play. We have to change the way we play. For too long, we hadn't that kind of in our locker as regards the attack, the cohesion, the passing. And it does take a bit of time with some players as well, developing more quality coming through younger players stepping into the team bringing energy so there was a lot of positives can I just so, say something what I loved about it though was that they actually went to play this time you know Graham Rountree spoke about it afterwards before afterwards where he spoke about it, he asked him to be brave like the very first kickoff Tom Hearn throws, goes back to throw a pass to Joy Carberry and it goes to ground all of a sudden a mistake like that within the first minute you're almost like thinking go back into our shell here now we can just literally go back into our shell and they didn't they continued to try and push the ball they continued to try and play and I just love the fact that they've obviously been given license and confidence by the likes of Mike Prendergast and Graham Rountree and to, to go and have a crack and if, 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 if it's a handling error while that's frustrating that can be fixed if it's a case that we don't go and try something then that for me is a bigger issue and I just I like the fact that they went to try and play last weekend yeah, but obviously he's got to be—he's uh, got to get that pass right, and that's something that Thomas Hearn will, you know, hopefully get the time under that pass right. But I get your point, and I agree with you. You know, they did try and play, and um, but I think it would have really frustrated people if we slowed the game down and if we tried yeah. to contain. And at so many occasions we scramble back. So they're the positive. I think the positive, another big positive for me is um, that work rate, that intensity, that passion, and and in fairness. There was a lack of quality there to kind of break Leinster down at times, and we know that. Um, it's it's we want it to be better. It needs to get better. If Munster to challenge for 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 you know playoffs, I'm not even going to say trophies. Challenge yeah. for playoffs going forward, the quality needs to be better. 
Leinster could have scored two or three more tries in that first 20, 25 minutes. Um, and that's what really pleased me, the way Munster just, they were getting line breaks, they scrambled back, um, they were really physical in the collisions. I Some of the tackles were brilliant. Jason Jenkins, Caelan Doris, um, Al Alatoa making ta- carries, Dan Sheehan, they, they smashed them like, yeah. as best they could. They didn't soak tackles there. Okay, it, it it gave way. I think a big turning point, obviously, was doing that for, for 20, 25 minutes and then Keenan knocks, ball pops out the side of a rock. He makes a half a break and tries the offload. I think it's a big swing psychologically as well because Lencer go down the field. He has that clean out on James Ryan, which becomes a yellow card, a penalty, and they score off it. So it was a big swing there. But look, lots of things, the bounce of the ball and, and some of those mistakes and inaccuracies from Leinster as well um, helped Munster a little bit. But I loved the fight there. So that was a big positive yeah. for me. The work rate was massive. The negatives, um, what would you see as, as uh, negatives in the game? So it's going to sound absolutely contradictory to what I just said, but it's the handling errors in moments where so we had you 10 feel, of them, but they're, they're much lower than they were in the previous. Yeah. Weeks. But like we tend them, we had 11 penalties that we gave away and we 25 missed tackles. Now you bring all those into single figures and you become an incredibly hard team to beat. You might not win, but you become an incredibly hard team to beat. And there, therefore you're, you're, you know what I mean? You're on, the attack stuff, the ability to move the ball around, that can, that can all come. But, um, so, look, yeah, look, there definitely was. I think I think the stark contrast is not really a negative in anybody's control, really, is when you look at what's coming off the bench for Leinster. And no disrespect, you know, we had a, a prop on the bench that didn't get any minutes because Jeremy Lockman went 80 minutes on both sides. Like, you know what I mean? James French is a very young guy. But we just didn't physically have another front row that we could go in there given that Archer's going to be out a long time now with that ankle injury Salno's gone away with Ireland Kenyon Knox which is he just needs more game time I think he has so many attributes and I like the fact that he tried to offload the ball look that's just the, the attacking coach in me I just I like the fact that he tried to do it and I guarantee you the likes of him and Tom O'Hearn that next week they try that again those passes go to hand it's just it's just they got to learn the hard way um, but what what Kenny Knox is like scrum time? I don't know. You you'd be a, you know what I mean. You'd have a better. Yeah, he, scr- he scrummage better. Um, I yeah. think he needs to be tougher and more. Again, he needs matches. Um, one of the negatives for me were two line breaks. Um, that's a problem. We're doing a lot of stuff. We're 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 kind of one passer away from nearly getting uh, through a gap and making some yeah. space. Uh, one of those line breaks was was Dermot Barron, who I thought was outstanding in the game. Excellent. Leinster had nine line breaks, and they were picking off a lot of space outside Dan Goggin. Um, and that what? Sorry, that was a bit of negative for me. Is our lack of centre combinations? I think we're we've got like for like at the moment. We don't have a playmaker. We don't have um, somebody that can. I'll, Gary Ringrose is obviously at the peak of his powers. He's playing unbelievably well, but we just don't have somebody that can even place kind of like him in terms of, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? We've no, it was really we, difficult we for them with yeah, Henshaw and Ringrose, out, yeah, two outstanding pace. top class internationals. Yeah, we lack pace and we lack any kind of sort of playmaking ability. 
yeah, when that's down to Anton Frisch is missing, Fekito is missing, Chris Farrell yeah. is missing as well. So they're all like for like for me though, Quinny. They're all very similar. Now Anton Frisch is a little bit different. Hopefully Ali Maris can bring something that just signed him. But yeah, we, they're they're still all quite similar. Like Fekito is not a playmaker, so if it's the case it's going to be Fekito and Anton Frisch, then hopefully you know what I mean. But I, I don't know. I still think they're okay. quite like. For so, like, quick summary on the positives. The positives are the work rate, the intensity, the way they were trying to play. The try Liam's Coombs, Liam Coombs scored. Um, the lineup was much better, even though they couldn't get them all going forward. And I think, you know, they put their bodies in the line, which that's all we wanted and, and, and Munster people wanted for this weekend. Um, at one stage, I thought, is this when Liam Coombs scores? I'm thinking. Something oh. could be happening here. Yeah, it's I know what crazy. <laughs> but look, Leinster responded very well. I think our defence off the mall for Dan Sheehan's try was poor. Uh, Keenan Knox joined uh, the side of the mall. It's a tricky one. It's that decision. Um, I think Luke McGrath's try was preventable. I think Ben Healy's got to make a tackle there. It's yeah. it's really, He's really, there. really poor defence yeah. there. And. Um, yeah. You know, he's a big man against, um, and Luke McGrath's a brilliant player. He's powerful, but he's got to make a tackle there. They're well, naked. Can we, do, you know, do you know what else probably would have frustrated the coaches too? Is that anytime we seemed to gain momentum in terms of a score, we didn't really exit properly. We kind of invited Leinster pressure back on top of us, whether that was drop ball or a missed kick or a bad chase. We need to be more efficient there that if you can score, uh, deny the opposition entries in, which I felt like that's definitely something Munster need to get better at for the next maybe five, six, eight minutes. Then you're kind of stemmy that tide a little bit and then you can just start, you know what I mean? You can just start going back and, to the and that's part. That's part of them getting better as a team and learning. Yeah. You're, you're coming up against a side or very, very pre- uh, putting massive pressure on you. Um, there's a mixture of positive and negatives there. I think... Um, 13 offloads that kind of shows that they're trying to keep the ball alive okay we're going to move on to the start of the week um, overall summary of the match um, is the glass is half full one of the headlines in the paper that's the way Graham Roundtree, Graham Roundtree felt that so I think most people feel that yeah. but the reality is we're still a good bit off Leinster and we must give them you know congratulate them They've a they've a well oiled machine that's that's incredibly hard to stop. Star of the week um, for me this week would be Jack Crowley, with you know honourable mentions. Dermot Barron I thought was brilliant. John Hodnett um, was really really good. Uh, put in some unbelievable tackles. Jack O'Donoghue, uh, good performance from him. Much better. He made eighteen tackles in the game. He was getting stuck in. Thomas Ahern, John Klein made uh, sixteen tackles. So. Again, his work rate was through the roof. And uh, I think Jeremy Lockman deserves a mention, having to be loose, said go over tight it. And, you know, there was one scrum he got caught by by Andrew Porter and Leinster. But um, that was a big effort for him. Uh, Carberry, unfortunately, got a heavy knock. But I thought he, a lot of what he did as yeah. well was really good. But for me, I'm going to pick Jack Crowley. I Just with his composure, um, him being physical as well and trying to make stuff. He didn't do anything extraordinary, but I think he, he won knock on from one of the, the up and unders, but I think his performance was really encouraging. Um, so he's my star of the week this week. Um, what was your take on it? And would you agree? Yeah, 100%, Colin. He's very good. I think we've seen the the gif going around the last couple of days in relation to that clear out that he had um, on the far touchline. And look, he brings that 
I would love to see him at 12 if they're going to, if Joey's the number one. I would love to see him at 12 to give us that ability to play a little bit wider. Um, he's very physical. We've seen that. He's really, really good in space, but he's also got feet that are electric in terms of being able to, to buy his way out of telephone box. He's just incredible feet. And I'd love to see him at 12 to give us more time on the ball. Yeah. I understand there's reason why he's at 15. We've a lot of injuries in that back three. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like, imagine him at 12 and the likes of Fraser sure Fekato at 13. Yeah, it could be a real option. Um, yeah. and, and he was really good and, and hopefully he can continue to develop. He looks like someone who's really benefited from that emerging Ireland tour. Um, I should have mentioned Dave Kilcoyne coming off the bench as well. Thought he played really well. He played a real impetus and a real physicality. Ruan Quinn, we didn't see much of him. Paddy Patterson, he's a real live wire. I just think he kicked the ball away at one stage when it was a four on two for Munster and the the the, the tunnel side of the pitch. And yeah, he's loads of energy, right? Completely. We talk about Craig Casey's decision making. Paddy Patterson's needs decision making needs to be better. He needs to be calmer in his mind. As yeah, he, and I as think he he's he's in a very exciting, very yeah. exciting player. And I just think that was um, he probably look at that, and I'm sure it'll be seen in the video and. Obviously, Leinster went up the field then and they scored that four-try ring rose. Brilliant offload. So, a lot of good performances and a lot of um, positives there. I wouldn't be picking anyone out, kind of saying they were under par or underperforming. I think there was mistakes. Um, you know, uh, Ben Healy was... <laughs> you have to say he didn't have a good day when he came on and as regards to a couple of knock-ons and that missed that tackle on, on Luke McGrath. But again, he's someone who has that ability and that talent and he needs to kind of show it and show an aggression. It kind of starts with that. But um, just regarding that, so that's our start of the week, Jack Crowley, this week. Um, just a quick chat on the Irish squad. So we've eight, there's eight Munster players in the senior squad, um, four backs and four forwards. So you've got Craig Casey, uh, Joey Carberry, Connor Murray and Calvin Nash. Uh, which I think is a great opportunity for him to learn off the likes of Ringrose, Henshaw, um, Johnny Sexton, these guys, and be part of that group. So I think it could be really brilliant for Calvin Nash to be there. We've got four forwards then, Tygburn, Gavin Coombs, Jeremy Lockman, and Peter O'Mahony. Um, eight players. They're, aside from some of them are injury and carry knocks and they may not play, but they're gone for this week. Yeah. which makes it really difficult for, for the Ulster game. Um, the Ireland A players then, Thomas O'Hearn, Dermot Barn, Jack Crowley, Shane Daly and Roman Salanoa, Dave Kilcoyne, uh, they're, from what I'm hearing, are available to available play. This week. So that yeah. makes a, a big difference. Now, Thomas O'Hearn has had a shoulder knock as well. Um, so we don't know whether he will be available to play or not. Um, Jean Klein, took a heavy knock as well. So um, Edwin Adogbo may be back. Um, so on the injury front, it's it's not getting easier. Jack O'Sullivan got an injury as well. Um, so it's going to be tough. Looking ahead to Ulster, their game was called off at the weekend, um, obviously for E. coli and norovirus or something. Am I saying yeah. it right? Um, 29 of the players and squad and management were affected by that. So they had no game. I don't know if that that's probably a good thing in a sense that from a Munster point of view, it's not good. I'm not saying uh, I, want, I, I was happy that happened to Ulster, but 
Dan McFarland, obviously not playing a game this week. The travel, um, a short week and having to go away again makes it a little bit more difficult for them. Again, they're going to be missing some of their players, their, their yeah. Irish squad players, which would be Balakoon, uh, Michael Lowry, Stuart McCluskey, uh, Jacob Stockdale. They have a number of backs there uh, in in the forwards. They don't have as many forwards. Rob Herring, uh, Tom O'Toole, uh, Nick Timoney, Kieran Treadwell. Yeah, they're missing eight or nine as well. So yeah, and they're probably evens the things out. They have some injuries yeah. as well. So, um, dare I say, we don't have teams, obviously, and God only knows what both coaches are going to put out. This is a must, 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 must win for Munster. They've lost four games already. They've got to beat Ulster on Saturday. Yeah, 100% completely agree. I think... Um... I spoke to somebody yesterday involved with, with Munster and it was a case of, you know, um, happy with parts of that game against Leinster, but it's all focused now on Ulster. Like, as in, yesterday evening, it was already parked. And I think you're dead right. In order for them to continue to have hopes of playoff games and get to Champions Cup, Munster need to win this game tomorrow. Yeah, and Ulster are second. They've lost one game against Leinster on 21 points. They're playing very um, well. Yeah, they are. And Munster, they're 10 points ahead of Munster. So um, it's pretty obvious. I know Dan McFarlane will want to win this one as well. There is a yeah. break then for the internationals. So it is a really, a really um, big, big game. Uh, bigger yeah. for Munster, I would say. Um, but it's a tough task because um, I think the way Ulster have played, they'll have a bit of a feel-good factor, a bit of confidence about them. But who knows what what way, what way, what players they'll have available this week. Just another news briefly uh, before we finish. Uh, new contract extensions for a couple of players. Calvin Nash, Tom Ahern, Finneen Witcherly. Um, new, new contracts for them, uh, which is... Um, they're young players. Yeah. And you think they're players that... Uh, can get better, need to get better, but have serious potential. So there's a, a real kind of um, focus on, on developing younger players and getting them through and getting them ready to play. They've got to play soon and play regularly, these guys. I think Calvin Nash is, I really think that he is someone that can go on and play for Ireland. And we've seen glimpses at times in the last number of years um, he looks a little bit raw, if you like. And that's why I make the point about him going up to the Irish squad. He could really learn from some of those players around him about little small and tricky things defensively, lines are running and stuff like that because he is a fellow who gives it 110%. He's incredibly quick and abrasive. Um, so I'm really interested to see how he goes in the next couple of weeks. I like him a lot. Um, Ollie Morris has signed from Worcester. Obviously, Worcester's predicament has been heartbreaking for everyone in rugby and and uh, what's happened them a few weeks ago. But he's signed for the year, Ollie Morris. He's a young player. He's 23. Um, Irish qualified through his grandmother has played Ireland under 19, Ireland under 20s. Played England under 18s as well. So he was born in England. But... Um, I looked at some stuff of him last night and he looks like he's a, a really decent player that still has potential and gives a little bit more depth in the centre position given we don't know when we'll see Chris Farrell again. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I I watch the Premiership every week. I love it. So he's a really abrasive guy, but he's got real subtleties to his game that I think Munster could 
definitely use right now. I think he's got pace. Um, and yeah, as you say, he has potential. I still don't think he's anywhere near that finished article and it'll be interesting to see how he slots in there, to be fair. Yeah, and the other big one is obviously John Ryan is back with Munster. Um, you're happy about that. I think obviously yeah. he left and uh, he was disappointed to be leaving. I think um, the reasons obviously were you know, Stephen Archer, the year left, John Ryan was up. They didn't extend his contracts. And you can see some of the reasoning as regards trying to get Keenan Knox and Roman Selenau to play. And yeah, they four need to tight them there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, obviously some people questioned that at the start of the season with, with um, you know, John Ryan having gone. But he's back now, a short-term contract for him. Bit, bit of uncertainty and it's a very tough situation after open sticks and going to, to Wasps. Um, um, moving from Limerick um, moving his family and stuff like that he's back there again has this uncertainty now but at least he gets to play games and he's and, kind of and he also has he, he's played every week for Wasps since he went over every week so you know it's not as if he's coming game shy he's he's coming ready to go and given that Archer is having surgery on his ankle now I think that they, they that's a good bit of business for them is he not? He's he, like he's not the explosive tight head that probably the game needs as the game is going towards. But he knows the he knows everybody. He knows the place, so it'll be a quick solid. Be easy. Yeah, he could be straight into the squad for this week. Yeah. Um, with, with, I'd imagine with the he injuries will. that have happened. I was going to read out, read out the injury list, but there's too many. There's about yeah. twenty one uh, players, twenty two players injured from Munster. So in the next little while, hopefully they can get something on Saturday. Um, and bring continue that little bit of fight, I think, and then you know get a result, scramble a result against a very good Ulster side or in a good place. Um, they have their own issues as regards Irish squad players away and injuries themselves, but uh, must win games. So hopefully we'll be yeah. talking about. Um, um, I just think if Munster lose another one, particularly at home, I think it's just it's going to make it really difficult if they can get a win at the weekend. Um, and then look forward to that Connacht game at the end of November. Maybe get another win there if because it's a home game. Start building a little bit of momentum and just you've got to pick up league wins along the way now. Um, Leinster was always going to be difficult um, and that's the way it turned out. So uh, that's it for episode 47, 42 of the Red 78. Make sure you get your podcast straight to your phone. Every week, just search for the Red 78. And don't forget to get in touch with us. You can send us, Neve or me, a tweet to our own Twitter handles or you can send a tweet to at Rugby Channel 15 or search for the, the Rugby Channel on YouTube and leave a comment. Um, so that's it, Neve. Uh, enjoy your week. And uh, I was nervous about this one that I wasn't, I hope I wasn't too negative. I hope I was no. fair. I hope I was fair. You it's were. Not, it needs to be better. We're getting there. We're there's getting a, there. There's some positives there. Okay. Take care. Enjoy your week. See you there. Bye. The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Nobody knows Monster Rugby better. I'd like to think I know a lot. <laughs>